Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. All basketball, all the time, but we really tell personal stories. This week's guest is Langston Galloway of the Detroit Pistons. If you download and listen to this entire pod, don't forget to subscribe and rate, you'll learn where Langston Galloway was when he was called up to the Knicks from the Westchester Knicks. Pretty cool story. What it was like, not just his first game, took the train to his first game in D.C., but his second game was in the Garden, against the Rockets, and he did pretty well. Plus, the feelings of signing a three-year guaranteed contract for over $20 million with the Detroit Pistons. We go into his background growing up in Baton Rouge, all the guys he used to play with and against growing up. Lots of good stuff. Can't wait to for you to hear my interview uh, with Langston Galloway. L- let me start with the bubble. And um, look, what Paul George said is a real thing not just because of the bubble. And we've talked about this in the pod before, which is it's not really natural to be in a hotel for two months, right? Not just if you're an NBA superstar for anybody. You ever been stuck in a hotel? You're like, man, at some point, first, there's there's a moment there where it's really cool. You're like, man, I know the person at the front desk and the people that clean the room. I know every, and then there's a point where like, oh my gosh, I've become Groundhog Day where it's the same thing over and over and over again. And you can say these are first world problems, but you have to also factor in that whatever your normal life is like, especially in the summer, hey man, I like to go fishing. I like to go on vacations. Like 
Now you're in this enclosed environment. You're still dealing with COVID and all the testing and everyone else going through the stresses of the playoffs. And you're kind of sequestered. However nice the resort is still just a Disney resort. It does become Groundhog Day. I believe that Paul George is suffering from some form of kind of COVID induced depression. Not that he had COVID, but all the other stuff with it. And then he broke out of it the other night and it was amazing to see. And while Charles Barkley can say like, Hey, look, these are first world problems. He's right, but they're real problems, real problems. If you have kids, you know, they you probably have one that's gone through the same thing where suddenly they lack the motivation where normally they're a get up and go kid. And now you're like, man, get up off the couch. Stop playing Fortnite. Stop texting your friends. Go out and be like, well, I can't be, I have to maintain social distancing. Like you can ride your bike. You can go play hoops. You can go, you know, swim. You can do all these other things. Like you can go and be around friends. And even after quarantine, there's still kind of some, some after effects. And I also think that that's part of what's factored in to all of the emotion with the NBA players based upon what's happening in Kenosha. Look, I, I, I respect your right to not just protest, but protest peacefully. That's what you're supposed to do. Let your stance be known. But at some point we do one, have to get back to work, which NBA players will. And two, we have to get to some sort of reasonable solutions and not playing and boycotting, not playing. It's not really a reasonable solution for anybody's business. Now you can sit here and say, we have the power to not play the power to cancel the season, but the, TV rights holders also have the power to cancel their rights deals. There's something called a force majeure part of the contract. They can cancel it. And now all of a sudden your team falls into financial despair and you can criticize owners and saying, we don't have your back or the owners are just saying like, look, we have your back. On the other hand, we're operating a business and we're already losing money and we're hoping to recoup some of it with playoff money. If you choose to bail now it's not just going to hurt us immediately not getting the playoff money. It's going to hurt us into the future because then all of a sudden you got to, you know, your TV contracts come into question. Everything comes into question. How do you, how do you pay people for, you know, the Lakers have spectrum sports that how do you pay people if you don't have games to broadcast? You don't. And how can TV companies, how can um, your arenas, how can they have lease deals where they don't know if you're going to play on a given night? Like that's that you're a professional basketball player. This is part of, professionalism so it is it, it, it is absolutely players rights to protest um i like any human being with a soul was bothered disturbed even by what happened in kenosha wisconsin and you can stand in solidarity as a music american citizen like hey this is not how we want any of our citizens to be treated but i do think it's time to get to some solutions as we would all i hope Agree that there's a problem. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Well, let's welcome him in from the Detroit Pistons. He's Langston Galloway. He's kind enough to join us here in the All Ball podcast. And I I, I want to go back to the beginnings of, uh, you know, your first days in basketball. Before we do that, like, what has this, what is this like for you where you're watching NBA teams train play now play in the playoffs and you like and and you're in the league but it's like wait the league's going on and i'm not it's it's gotta be is it's gotta be it's an interesting existence from my perspective what's it like from your perspective yeah thank you so much for having me on and uh yeah no it's it's, it's weird it's weird uh, i guess you say 
from the sense of it almost feels like I'm retired or something like that. It's like I'm watching <laughs> basketball from a sense of outside looking in, but I'm still in. It's hard to explain, but, uh, you know, it hasn't stopped me. It's actually been been great for me because I've been just watching and just, just doing little snips and pieces of, of different guys' uh, game and, and trying to add it to my own while, while I'm working out and uh, at home right now. So it's good. Uh, but like I said, I wish I was there in the bubble playing, but I'm actually getting more time with the family with my little two-year-old. So it's, it's been fun hanging out with him and, and getting this, this valuable time that, that I, I don't want to miss. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. The I have friends that are in the bubble, and they're like, man, this sucks. Family's not around, kind of isolated. Like, you didn't know you're home for three months with your family, which you would never get previously, you know, maybe never get again. So you try and have the perspective, and you're having the perspective of, yeah, like, I want to be playing, but I, I'm getting this time, which I will, you'll, you'll literally never get it back. Um, yep. It, some, of the, some of these offensive numbers are crazy. And I, I do think, feel like the rims are like Duke rims, right? They're super, super soft. <laughs> Um, but is it the officiating? Like, why? What, is it because guys are only worried about basketball? Like, why? Why do you think we have like Donovan Mitchell, um, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic? Like, these guys are putting up obscene numbers. And look, we've seen some of that in regular seasons, but now we're talking about the playoffs. And usually, uh, defense has a ten- uh, has a tendency to dominate, and that's not nearly as much the case. Why do you think we've had these offensive explosions? You, you know, from from my standpoint, uh, and thinking back to when we were playing during the year, you got to think that we're traveling around year round. Guys are kind of not saying they're saving themselves, but but guys are, are kind of cognizant of like, man, I, we got a game t- in, in two days. Like, I, I got we got to travel back to, you know, wherever and play. But but now in the bubble, everybody's on the same playing field. It's it's no out. Uh, elevation it's no travel it's literally like aau ball it brings you back to aau ball and say hey look let's go back play aau go back to hotel and then hey look the next day or the day after hey let's just play throw it up again let's play so i think from that standpoint that's why you're seeing so many explosions because everybody's putting in the work that's that's no question about that guys i mean went from two months off to back playing like guys want to play but at the same time too it's like, hey, why not go out there and give your best foot forward? Like, I mean, it's, it's nothing that you need to hold back at this point, especially if you're going to be in the bubble for the next – I mean, you've been in the bubble for about a month, month and a half now, so if you want to stay in there as long as you can, I mean, hey, you might as well soak it all up and, and play your, your best basketball and show to the world that, hey, look, I'm, I'm here to stay. So I, I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of guys to showcase themselves, and, and, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing all, all the – the, the young stars, uh, they're, they're really uh, becoming stars. You grew up in, in Louisiana. Um, when, what was the first place you remember playing hoop? Yeah, um, growing up in Baton Rouge, uh, we had this, uh, this facility called Sports Academy. And the, crazy to say, we've had almost, 10 to 15 pros come out of this one gym, one like academy that everybody used to play in back in the day. I mean, you had guys like uh, Big Baby, Marcus Thornton, Tyrus Thomas, Garrett Temple, myself. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on and on. That's, I mean, that's just a list of guys from right now. 
And I remember us playing back in the day. Not saying I played with those guys because they're much older than, than I am, but uh, just just the competition. Like you, they had co-ed games, and 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 they had different competition. I mean, they, they actually had like Simone Augustus. I mean, they had so many like just just talented players that played in that league. And and that was like if, if you wanted to come out of Baton Rouge and, and get a chance to play at a high level, you had to go through sports academy. So that that was. That was key back in the day for, for myself who and is, so many others. Who is your right? Who is your right? Like when when I grew up in L.A., um, growing up, uh, it was uh, Ricky Price and Toby Bailey played on one team. We played against them, and uh, Cameron Murray, who played at Louisville and USC, was on another team, and 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 he played with um, the Lopez twins' brother was was on a different team. Like we had rivals kind of growing up. Who who was your like dude that you did battle with growing up at the sports academy? Um, yeah, you know what we we really during my, like my age group there really wasn't that many guys that I battled with. Um, but like I always played up. Um, so like I would play against guys like uh, it's it's kind of hard to say like in, in that that group because there's a couple guys that, that played that didn't make it to the NBA, but they're overseas. Brian, a guy named Brian Williams, uh, another guy, Markel Brown. I mean, those, those are just a, just a couple guys that were from Louisiana area. I know, I know Mark, I know Mark Kelly went to Oklahoma state. Um, yeah, which, yeah, which, yeah, which, which yeah, Brian Williams um, we're talking about. There's a bunch of different, there was a Brian Williams went to Alabama, but he's much older than you. Uh, it was a guard that was. Oh, okay, was really yeah, good. yeah. Brian went to, he went to Oklahoma state as well. He went to Oklahoma state as well. Oh, but, okay. I know that. I know um, that Brian Williams as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. But yeah, nah, so it for for me, uh, it wasn't as many guys that were around my age that made it to the professional ranks. Uh, other than those 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 names I just listed. But I think from 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 my standpoint, like I can remember like playing against guys in AAU. Like we played against Brandon Knight, we played against uh Josh Selby, we played against uh Tim Hardaway, we played against uh uh, Harrison Barnes, I mean, we, Xavier Henry. Like, we played against a lot of guys like AAU, and that's why I think AAU it, it's kind of different now because a lot of guys they 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 switch teams up so often. Where um, when when I when, when we were coming through, it was like you were on that one team, and like if you saw that team, you were going to see the same players. Like it wasn't it wasn't no switch up or hey let's play on this team one weekend and then switch up to another team. That's why I enjoyed AAU when I was growing up because the competition level was just – it was through the roof because every team had a pro on it. I mean, not not knowing at the time that we were going to be pros, but that's just how, how it, it looked um, from the outside, like looking at looking back now. How would you end up going to St. Joe's? So it's, it's, it's a lot of different moving pieces right here, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, so, so my uncle um, is, is, is assistant coach at St. Joe's, Jeff Arnold. Um, my mom is actually from Philadelphia as well. So, um, I wanted my grandmother, my aunts and uncles, cousins, all of them to see me play. Um, uh, Phil Martelli, another huge component of that. Like he, he got Jameer Nelson, Delonte West to the pros. So I was like, Hey, look, why not try to get another guard to, to get to the pros? Um, and then, and then, uh, lastly, um, just the opportunity to not saying I wanted to leave Louisiana and play basketball, but, Every summer, I would go back up to Philly and play. Um, I don't know if you remember John Hartnett. He, he used to have, uh, like, it was a, basically like a pros, like, kind of like workouts 
Um, slash at, I at think LaSalle, is that the one at LaSalle? LaSalle every summer at LaSalle yeah no, no and, I, I, I it's yep. funny because uh, I when I was a player I worked out in that workout and then yep uh, I played on a team that went uh, uh, because I'm Jewish the Maccabi team and we went to Israel and we trained at LaSalle uh, or actually no Bruce I guess I think Bruce Pearl was coaching the team and I was an assistant and we practiced at LaSalle, but that workout went on beforehand. And then some of those guys st- stuck around and we scrimmaged again, they scrimmaged against them or whatever. So yeah, I know that that was an incredible, that was an uh, unbelievable group that would work out in Philly. Anyway, so you'd go there every summer um, and that's where you would work out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I would go over there. Like I was like, it was me and another kid. I can't think of his name right now. It was, it was, we were the only two high school kids to even get a chance to play. And so, uh, I like I held my own the first day, and then they were like, "Hey, look, we want you to come back." And then I just, you know, day after day, I would I would hold my own. And so uh, it, it, I had a lot of opportunity to play against pros growing up, and I was like, "Man, there's it, no point of me going to a school that I, I mean, it, it's great to stay in Louisiana, great to go to other schools, but I knew I was going to get a chance to play against other pros every single summer, and and, and that was a great opportunity for me to, to think ahead of the game and not not even knowing it while I was doing it." Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, so, but you had, even though you had spent time in Philadelphia, you had family in Philadelphia, we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't say the kind of culture of Philadelphia is very, very different. Uh, what was that, that first freshman year like to be in Philly at St. Joe's playing hoop, but also kind of adjusting to your life? You know, the, the one crazy story that I, I tell everybody that um, really <laughs> shocks everybody is that when, when I got to Philly, my first, first, that was my first winner, my real first winner. Uh, I get to campus and it, and, and uh, it's like 50 degrees outside. And so I'm like, I walk outside, I'm like, oh, it's freezing out here. So I, I put on like one of, one of my big puff jackets that we just got from the, from the team. And like everybody else is still walking around with shorts and shirt on. Like, I'm like, yep. man, like, y'all not cold? Like, and everybody's like, man, you, you, you're tripping. Like, I don't know why you, you have, uh, on, on, when the, when the gear on and when it's, it feels real good out here. So that was, that was my first experience with, with the winter. Uh, and it wasn't even winter yet. It was, it was, I think it was still just fall. So, uh, I, I was like, man, like, I'm, I'm in for a rude awakening, especially when it starts snowing and all that. Here's my story. So I grew up in Southern California. I went to Notre mm-hmm. Dame my first year. And I'll never forget, it was like early October, right? And it was 50 degrees. And I, I, I own like one pair of jeans, right? Like I, that wasn't, I, I mean, you know, like I never wear, I always wear either hoop sweats or shorts, you know, that, that was it. And so before I left, for, and this is in the mid 90s, my mom bought me a parka and I had like a, I had like a Orlando magic starter parka <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from the shack days. And I had this like LL bean, ugly green parka with a hood. And I woke <laughs> up and I had to, I had an early morning workout, like individual workout before practice started. Right. And I had, I put on a beanie and I put on my parka and I had my sweats and I rode my bike to the gym and I did. And anyway, so I'm walking out and I got all this stuff on and the coaches call me into the office and they take pictures of me and they're all clowning and laughing at me like, dude, it's 50 degrees outside. What are you doing? This is not <laughs> wait three months and it's yeah. cold. So I know ex- exactly what. You're... OK, so uh, what about playing for Phil? Like uh, Phil ha- did have a ton of success. Obviously, that one incredible team that lost in the Elite eight and that was undefeated in the regular season. They put guys in the pros. He does seem to let his guards play, but. Uh, and he's he's quick with a joke, but what's he? He has some interesting kind of thoughts on basketball. Some that I think really helped you uh, that I want to get to. But what was what 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 were your memories of first playing for Phil Martelli? Was it easy? Was it hard? An adjustment? Was he tougher than anyone? Like what was it really like? It, it actually was was a, a pretty easy transition because my my high school coach was really good. No, it's not in the sense of like how he coached, but just, you know, the yelling, the screaming, the running, different things like that. So Coach Martelli was actually real easy, a real easy transition for me because he would get on you, but it, 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 would, it, would, it would be in the sense of like him yelling to, like, get you in the mindset of, hey, look, this is what you're going to be dealing with through a game. Like, how do you get through a game, and how do you understand that? And so um, – yeah, coach. Coach. Uh, he has a, uh, a different philosophy that you know. I, I think a lot of guys they, they have a tough time with it. But 
I think from day one, when 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 we all it was it was basically five six of us that were freshmen that that stepped on campus. Uh, we we had a mentality about us as like, hey, look, we're gonna try to turn this program around, and uh, it and it took one it was one step at a time. I mean, we we started out the first year. I think I our, our end up record was like eleven and twenty something. It was it was terrible. It was terrible. But uh, that that was that was our mindset. It was like, hey, how can we get Phil back on on the pedestal of you know ruling Philadelphia basketball? Because we just we saw how people treated Phil, and uh, and we 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 also didn't want to be treated like that as well. So it it, it kind of just just left a bad taste in our mouth. And I think that's the same thing that you know Phil has. He has that that sense of Man, I I want to get back at these at these at these uh, these guys as bad as I as I want to, but I gotta slowly but surely just ease back into it. And so, first year had a rough year, and then it kind of just built up where you know by my senior year we ended up winning the A ten tournament, and you know Phil's back on top. So that that was really the, the biggest thing for me is like we wanted to get Phil back on 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 the pedestal, and and, and uh, you know if he wanted to retire, hey look that was on him, but you know finish out our careers, especially at St. Joe's and so many other people that wanted wanted us to win and we end up winning. So your your first year was was what, 2010, 2011, I want yep, to say. Yep, 2010, 2011, yep. Yeah, and so then as you as you point out by your senior year, uh you guys had uh he has had a really good team. I mean, I I love DeAndre Bembry. Uh that dude yep. that dude could go as well and and Ronald Roberts and yourself and uh who's you know who's a Jersey cat? Like so, who is who are you closest to on that team? You know what? We all are real, real tight. I mean, so we had me, Ronald, and Halil. All three of us same class. Uh, Darius Quills, same class. Uh, we had a couple walk-ons that were, I'm real close with as well. And then, um, and then DeAndre. You know, DeAndre. DeAndre and, and then it's so crazy. Isaiah Miles was on that team as well. Isaiah tried out Sixers a couple of times, didn't didn't make it, didn't pan out. But uh, he had really really came close to making it. Um, but yeah, uh, all of us still real close. Me and DeAndre still talk. I mean, we I mean we're gonna be brothers for life. I mean, we went through so many battles and so many different things with each other that uh, you know it, it really left a bond between all of us. If you could close your eyes and think back to your senior year, right? Your senior year when you win the A-10. Um, you guys, I mean, like, th- there was so many ups and so many downs, right? Like, I I remember you guys got crushed by Nova by, like, 30, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yep. But then there was there was some, you know, massive wins. You know, I, I you guys beat VCU kind of later in the year. Um, you guys swept Dayton that year. Um, there's, yep. the you know, the NCAA tournament game, which went to overtime, which was an incredible game. What's the to you? What's the most memorable game? I mean, I, I would definitely say winning winning the A ten. But I mean, you know, that's probably everybody probably would say that. But you know what? I I would say I would say, um, I, I would say that I remember my most memorable moment about that year was us losing Nova on Hawk Hill, and after that game. I think our record was like three and four or something like that. And I remember we had a meeting the next day. Um, and I pulled. Okay, so 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 hold on. So okay, so you, you lose by you lose by thirty. You, wait, you lose by thirty on Hawk Hill. It's in your home arena, yeah, which of course can't, can't, can't okay, forget that. So, lost by thirty. Okay, I sorry, I got a point. I, and you lost and you lost the Temple the game before. You're four and four at the time. 
This is yeah, like four, December. Four, that's right. That's right. Yep. Is right. It, you got like two games before Christmas break. You got Drexel coming in yep. the next game. So who yep. called the meeting? Did coach call the meeting? Did you call the meeting? Like who called the meeting? So 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 we we um it was basically like a team just to just to catch up and just say hey look what what do we want to do going forward? Um, and I remember vividly like coach not yelling, not doing anything, but just saying hey look. It's, it's, it's in your it's in, it's in, it's in, uh, court. What do y'all want to do? Do y'all want to fold over and just say, hey, look, we had, we had a heck of a run and at the end of our, our, our careers in, in St. Joe's, or do y'all want to you know, turn this around and really make this into a, a heck of a year? And, um, and I remember that day, finished up that day. The next day, me, Ronald, and Halil all went to I, – I took them out. We went to lunch. We all laid everything on the on the table and said, "Hey, look, what do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish?" Because at the end of the day, everybody wants to go to go professional, but like, hey, we we got to do it together as a collective group. And uh, I'm telling you, with 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 that meeting and the meeting before that, like, literally everything turned around. Our season turned around. We started having fun, and I mean, the rest is history. It, it really that that game right there, like getting blown out on national TV at home. Coach yelling and screaming, like it just—it was just—it was a culmination of everything built up. That hey, look, we needed that wake wake up call to, to say, hey, look, we need to get going. And and I'm telling you, that that took everybody's career took off from there. Um, you guys get to the NCAA tournament, and you you drew UConn. Uh, what do you remember about the game? I mean, my only memory, which is, which is so crazy, is me missing the shot at the end of the uh, regulation. That's the only memory. I, I can remember the whole game, but that was my biggest thing was, like, I missed the shot to win it. Uh, it was – it might have been, like, five seconds left. I had the ball in my hands, tried to go um, right baseline, and I thought I had, like, an angle that banked it off the glass and literally, like, I might have just barely like moved my finger on the ball, and I remember just hitting the side of the backboard and it bouncing back to me. Shot clock goes off. Um, there's like two seconds left. I'm like sick because I'm like, man, that was my chance to win the game. Like, take us to the next round. I'm having a heck of a game. I, I think I ended up finishing the game with like twenty some points. Um, but like, I just, I just, that's the only member I can remember. Like, man, I, I like. I feel like I let the whole team down. Like I, I feel like I let uh, just St. Joe's down. That that, that was crazy. That's, that was probably one of my like, not saying it's the most like regrettable moment I've, I've ever had, but it, it kind of is though. It's interesting though. Like right, you make that shot, UConn loses. They you miss yep. that shot. They win in overtime. They win a national yep. championship. Like that's how, you know who who knows how history changes on that one shot and it's it's crazy yep. the, the the part that sticks out to me in listening to you talk about it, and I've, I've talked to phil there's two things actually first is and this is his coaching philosophy you know i i was up for a couple coaching jobs and i said he's I, I said what phil what should i do like what should be my game plan if i get one of these jobs and he said look whatever you do spend time every day having your guys play one-on-one Yep. Have him play, especially in the off season. He goes, you're going to come in, you can take a job, and you're going to want to show everybody how great your offense is, how smart you are. He's like, but you know what? Like, you got plenty of time for that. You wear guys out with that. End of the day, you win or lose games based upon your best player 
having a ch- having the ball and making a shot. And the more he yep. does it, the 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 greater a chance. And, and it's an investment in the kid because the kid realizes that it's going to help him take the big shot, but it's also going to help him to get to the next level in that end of the day, all things being equal. If you can get your own shot, take and make your own shot in a big in a big situation, you're more valuable than the next guy. I thought that was brilliant. I also thought that was a, you know, because you you did get open. It wasn't a bad shot. You just missed it, right? I yep. I thought that was like his coaching philosophy coming to bear. Is that is that accurate for in the off season? He would have you guys play one on one a lot. You know what? He he never he never told us say hey look let's go play one on one. It was more just. Just us, just doing it on our own, and, that, and that's what I loved about, about our coach. Is like he never like, hey, look, this is mandatory. We're gonna play one on one today. It was just like, what y'all want to do? And we like, we gonna play one on one. We're gonna we're gonna play. Like that's what it is. Like, that's that's basketball. And if you if you're not competitive enough to say, hey, look, this is what I want to do every single day. Like that's this is what I love to do. Like you're in the wrong sport. So that's why I like. I loved it. I loved every single moment of just like everybody on my team was always, I was always the small, not saying I was the smallest guy, but I was one of the smallest guys on my team. So I had to compete against guys six, seven and above every single day. Like they guard me, I'm guarding them. Like it just, it just, it, 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 it is what it is. And and, that, and that's what uh, I think it, it made me into a better player because I had to learn how to score over bigger guys. And also too, um, it really, it really uh, shows the the, the, the cream rise to the top. It shows who who, who the top dog is. Uh, did you watch the rest of the NCAA tournament? Like, did you even watch UConn beat Kentucky for the national championship? I, I watched. I didn't watch all the game, like the the games. I just watched the highlights because I was just so upset. Going yeah, back it's home hard, like, right? It's like that should be me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then I. Like I saw them win one game, and then I'm like, all right, well, we would have played Nova, boom! Like they beat Nova, man. Then they go ahead, and, and I think they put, they played Michigan State, and then somebody else, and I would say to somebody like that, and they beat them. But I'm like, God, like now they going to the Final Four. Like we had this team beat, and they like dominating these teams. And then, and then they go on to beat what uh, Kentucky and Wisconsin or something like that, or, yes. or whoever it was. Uh... And I'm just like. I can't. I can't even think who the champ who, who was in the championship game. No, they, they beat Kentucky in the championship I, game. They beat um, yeah, Kentucky in the championship in, in the semifinal. Yeah. They beat Florida. They beat Florida. Florida. That's right, Florida. And I'm just like, man, like we would have had a chance to make it to the championship. Like, and that, and that was stuck in my head, like the whole pre-draft. And like, I remember seeing. Uh, I, I oh man, I can't think of it. What, what was the? Do you remember the shooter's name? He was. He was. He was. Uh, he was a foreign shooter on that team. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's his name from um, Niels uh, Niels Gaffey or whatever, right? Niels yeah, Gaffey. Niels Gaffey. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was he was on the on the um. He came to the Portsmouth camp with me. Uh, the seniors only. They they invite the top. I want to say sixty kids that seniors, and um and he's there. And I'm like looking at him, and I'm like, we would have we should have beat y'all like. Like, like individually, like we would have beat them, but like as a collective group, they had a, a heck of a group because they had it was all spread around. They had they had shot blockers, they had scores, they had uh, uh, facilitated. I mean, it, it, their team was well rounded, and we were just I mean, we were just a small uh, mid major school just trying to make some noise. And I mean, just I, I feel like just you know one one 
one half a meter over, I, I would have banked it in and we would have won that game. But hey, I, I guess I guess life works its way out. And, and look, I'm seven, I'm about to be seven years in the NBA, and everything else is, is history. You know, it's interesting. You, I think you guys, you had more pros than they did, right? You and you and DeAndre. That's you know, and Halil. Yeah, yeah, me and DeAndre. Well, and they, they only had uh, Shabazz. That was the only one that went yeah. pro. Yeah, and you've had a better pro career than than, than Shabazz has. Um, the, the 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 part that jumps out to me is, and I feel this way about my school, but I didn't make the NBA. You know, I played overseas. Is that mm-hmm. I I feel like I feel like we we do this thing in the media where we we make college basketball only about being a, a kind of stopping point on the way to the NBA. And we don't realize all the other things that guys get out of it. And to me, it's this, there is this aspect of playing for, like you said, when you missed that shot, it wasn't that you felt like you let you down. You let your coach, your teammates, your school, like St. Joe, like it, it's a real thing that you're a part of something kind of bigger than yourself. And I could be wrong. Again, I've never played in the NBA. And I do think that at the end, of the, when you get to the end of the championship, if you're in the finals, like, yeah, the, there, there is, and especially now guys in the bubble, there's probably much better team chemistry than normally. But it's not the same. Like, having played now seven years in the NBA, is there anything close to the feeling of being a part of a team like there was in college? You won't get the same... I guess you say like just I won't say naive, but I I'll say like just blind to the fact of just say, Hey, look, it's it's pure. Basketball is pure when it when it's when it's not about money. Um and, and when you get to the professional ranks, um when money's involved and a lot of like ego and a lot of, a lot of other things are involved, that kinda of changes things. Um, but I will say there's a few teams I've seen in the bubble that I can tell that they they they've thrown their egos out the window and they're just out there playing. Like Toronto, for example, they're out there just playing. Like it doesn't matter who's a free agent. Like like Fred Van Vliet, uh, Van Fleet is, is a free agent and he doesn't even care. Like he's just out there playing and having a good time. But he's playing well. But like at the same time too, he's just out there playing. I mean, I'm sure there's other guys on the team that are free agents, but it's like he's one of the guys that stands out. Um. Another team is, is uh, OKC. Like they're playing well, but it's like the Rockets are just a better team, and they're part. You know, the Rockets they're going to keep battling between the two because both of them want to win. But it's like let's let's see let's see what tonight uh, holds. But it's just like those those are the instances where when you have a team just playing and not thinking out there, they're, they're dangerous. They're dangerous, and, and that's when you can kind of see upsets and whatnot in the NBA ranks. But for the most part, when when when, like I said, when the money and 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 egos and all that become a, a factor, like I've seen tons of teams that I've been on that yeah. that that came in a factor, and we 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 struggled. We struggled throughout the year. Like guys get to free agency break, or I mean, um, like uh, uh, all star break, and guys are only thinking about, well, am I about to get traded? Um, am I having a good enough year? Where do I need to sit out? Do I, you know, do I need to some some guys say, "Hey, look, I'm trying not to get injured, so let me just ease my way through." Like it, it's it's a lot of different, a lot of factors, a lot of different factors. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. 
Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When did you, I mean, I'm sure always been a shoe guy, but what was the the first kind of creative shoe you decided to wear? Um, my first creative shoe, I probably would go all the way back to when I was like, I probably was like 13, 14. Um, and I, and my dad would always bet me, he was like, if, if you all, if you win a championship or something like that, he'll buy me a, a brand new pair of shoes, which was a basketball shoe. And that's all I, all that we, I would get for a whole year. I only have one pair of shoes for the whole season. Um, and so every year I would win something along the, along the way or win some award or something. And he would always say, Hey, look, you get to get a chance to pick whatever shoe you want. And I would always go on Nike ID or if we were Adidas team, I would go on Adidas and I would customize a pair of shoes like the Nike ID or Adidas ID and, and then say, Hey, look, this is my shoe. I had to wait, what, three to six weeks till it came in. Once it came in, then I'm like, all right, I'm rocking this for the rest of the year. And so that's probably the, the, my first inclination of like, 
or I like customizing shoes. It's different, and and you get to put your own spin on it. And so that's that's that was probably like my biggest like just goal as a kid is like, hey, look, how can I be different than everybody else? Because everybody else is going to wear the same pair of shoes, but how can I be yeah. different? Yeah. So you go undrafted. Um, how did you come to pick the Nets for summer league? I mean, the, the Knicks. Excuse me for summer league. Um, me and my agent, we, we had a long conversation, um, going undrafted. We knew it was a possibility that probably was going to happen just because I played four years. And that's, that's the, I guess you say the, the new morale is like, Hey, look, you're a senior, you're too old. And so, uh, we looked at all the teams and we came down to like, it was like a couple of teams that I had a choice between. And we thought that, Hey, the, the Knicks probably had the best chance of me possibly sneaking in the roster. Um, and, you know, as, as a, as a, as an undrafted guy, I'm just trying to get a chance to, to show myself, show myself as a brand new coach coming in. They had, we had Derek Fisher coming in, brand new, uh, regime coming in. Um, um, uh, what I'm drawing a blank. Um, Phil, Phil's, um, the, the president. Um, and so I'm like, all right, well, this might be a chance for me to kind of, Learn about this triangle offense as well as um, get my name uh, out there, and so uh, I really, really wasn't worried about like, like just I wasn't nervous. I, I would say that I, I, I wasn't nervous. I just was out there just playing, just having a good time, and I mean, it, just the same thing that we just talked about, like one on one. Like I'm out there playing. One day I'm Jr. Next day Shump. The next day I'm playing Mellow. Like. It, every single day was a competition for me because I'm playing against dudes that I grew up watching. Like I'm watching them on TV. Like now I'm getting a chance to play against them. So I'm like, well, I'm trying to trying to bust that, bust them up. Like I don't want them to bust me up. Like, I want I want to go out there and showcase. Hey, look, I'm here. I'm here, and I, I want to showcase that I want to stay. And so as like the preseason and all that kind of went on, and then we got into me playing with them in summer league, I was like, Hey, look, this might be the great opportunity for me to go out there, play against some other older guys in some league and then see where I'm at from there. And see how the chips fall and play, play well, play well. I mean, the first game I was absolutely nervous in summer league. And then, uh, my second game played really well. And then from then on, I just, I, I never looked back. So you, you, you get done with summer league. Um, but you know, when you play in summer league, you're not necessarily under contract with the Knicks or to play for for the Westchester team. You get done. How long was the process before you decided to to sign with the Knicks and play for Westchester? So I remember getting cut on like a, I think it was like a Friday. Maybe no, you know what? I think it was a Monday. I got waived on a Monday uh, from the roster. Uh, one of my other good friends he ended up making the roster. I, I didn't make it. Uh, I was in, that was the last two uh, last two cut. So it was, it was it was only two of us left, and I was the one to get cut. And so uh, I went from there getting cut to having a week off to figure out if I wanted to go play overseas or did I want to be an affiliate player for the Westchester Knicks, which was a brand-new team that was just getting started. And so I, my, my whole thing was I can go out and chase the money and play overseas, and that'd be it, or I could stay. I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have a kid at the time. I just was out there just ready to play. And so that's why I was like, well, let me just stay here in the United States and see 
what I can kind of draw up and, and just play. And so uh, getting an opportunity to, to go to the G League, well, D League at times, G League now, and really work on my skills, it really helped, helped me out in the long run because I was able to work on not just like my shooting or anything like that, but like my ball handling, my defense, uh, my work ethic really changed because I had a lot of guys around me that were working hard, so I had to work even harder. So it, it really, it really helped me along the way because mentally I, I, I wasn't ready, but it got me ready. It got me ready. That's for sure. Um. Uh, so when did you get the call? When did, what was what was the the call up for the ten day? What was that like? So the ten day, January seventh. I'm actually sitting in the room with my roommate, Orlando Sanchez, and we're actually playing video games. And uh, What game? Remember, I'm like, what game? Which F? What game were you playing? Uh, I think we were playing 2K. I think we were playing 2K. We had just, uh, I think we had just got done with practice. And then, and, and the, the, league, the week leading up into it, like, everybody was, like, already on my mind, like, man, I'm telling you, you're going to get called up, you're going to get called up. I'm just like, man, look, January 7th comes. If I get called up, I get called up. January 7th hits. Nothing goes on the whole, like, afternoon. I'm just, you know, went to practice, came back home, relaxed at this point. Next thing you know, like, we're playing 2K, uh, get a call on my phone, answer it. Hey, Alan Houston, uh, I just want to let you know we're gonna, the, the Knicks are going to call you up, and uh, you're going to be the first ever call up for the, for the Westchester Knicks going to the Knicks. And I was like, wow, like, so what's next? And he's like, well, look, you got to – I'm going to send you a car. It should be waiting outside for you in the next five minutes. You get in the car, head to, head to Penn Station downtown, and then head on to D.C. because you, you got to play uh, the Washington Wizards tomorrow. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, I got to go right now. Like, it's time to play. And uh, I remember I, I didn't get in until about, like, 2, 3 in the morning. Tired as can be. But – it's like, hey, look, my my dream my dream is here. I, I can't I can't be tired now. So I literally was ready to go. I just mentally exhausted, but I was just like, I I don't have no time to rest now. I got I got I got to really take my game to a whole other level to, to get where I need to be at to make sure I stay here for these these uh, this first ten day contract. So the next day, you did you have shoot around the day of the game, or or was it just you show up at the game? No, no, yeah. So we had shoot around the next day. Um, we go down to the arena, we shoot around, um, then we leave, shoot around, head back to the hotel, uh, we have team meal, go from team meal, go upstairs, take a little nap, and then I'm, I'm all, I'm, it's so crazy because my routine back then was always riding on the first bus, getting there early, getting my shots up, and, and getting ready for the game. And it still is the same today. Like, I haven't changed that where I'm, I always want to be the first one on the court, first one to work out, get my sweat, and, and, and get ready to play. And so back then, I, it was mandatory. I had to be the first one on the court because if not, everybody else had their times already slotted out, uh, especially because I'm just getting onto the team. Everybody else is already ready to go. So we, we get to the arena early. I work out, feeling great. Um you know, everybody, everybody around me was like really encouraging. They was like, "Hey, look, look, this, 
this opportunity, man. Go out there and get it, man. We look, we know what you can do. Just go do it. Coach Fisher, he's the same way. Hey, look, young fella, just relax. Go out there, have some fun tonight. And I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was one of a. What, what's, what's that like the first time you're you're sitting down there? You're sitting down there. You're on the bench. You're in Washington, and you played a bunch. And you know, you're. I'll get to your second. You had 19. Your second game against Houston. But your first game, you're playing against the Wizards. I mean, what's that feeling like to where Fish comes down and points to you and says you're in? Like that's got to be a bit of a big moment. Yeah, and no, I, I I can remember that that moment vividly. It's like I was just sitting there because I was sitting. I was right close to the, the top of the bench. I was talking to one of the other assistant coaches because he was telling me like making sure I knew the plays and making sure I knew everything. But the triangle is pretty simple. I mean, it's not simple in the stance of you have to mentally understand where to go when, you know, if, if something's taken away, you got to go the opposite way. So right. I was already. It's all, it's all based upon where the ball, the ball, the, there's set movement based upon where the ball is and where, you know, where the two pass goes versus the three pass goes. And exactly. You, exactly. Right. Right. But it sets up perfectly to your game because there's really good spacing. You don't have to be like a true point guard. There's no ball screens, but if you can get your own shot or play off somebody else's penetration, you can really play. You can really play. Yeah. And it's all about, just, just having other intelligent people around you. Everybody has to have a have a high IQ to understand how to make the ball pop and move around. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I think that um, I was definitely nervous. I won't, I won't lie. I was very nervous going into the game. Um, and then I got my first. Uh, I think I got a steal, something like that, and took it to the basket. Got fouled. Made my first free throw, and everything kind of relaxed after that. I mean, I. Uh, all right, okay. so 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 the next game though is yep. the the following day you go back and you play in the garden. You're like yep. there's the NBA and then there's I'm playing for the Knicks in the garden and you drop 19 and hit three threes in your first game in the garden. What was that experience like? Yeah, I I really just was there. And it's it's so crazy to say that, but it's like I didn't expect myself to to do anything like that. I just was out there just playing, and long and behold, we were getting blown out. Like don't don't forget to mention that. Like we were, like we were playing the Rockets. I get a cookie before the game before we go out there. My, my boys are all telling me, man, don't get crossed up, man. Don't let Harden cross you up this and that. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, look, I'm not. That's, that's the last thing I'm on my mind right now. I'm just trying to make sure I don't embarrass myself out here and, and play terrible. And so um, I remember uh, I just went out there and just played. And um, we started getting blown out. We're down by like 20. The crowd starts booing. And, um, and the next thing you know, I come on come in the game. I hit a couple shots. The crowd starts getting into the game. Like, I mean, not saying we're coming back and like that, but they just get into the game because I'm playing well and uh, playing hard. Got a, I, got a, I think I got a tip slam dunk and like, the crowd gets on their feet. And teammates are getting on their feet, and it's, it's a whole different atmosphere then. So I'm like, wow, like this, I think I'm here. And like, it, it was almost like I've, I've arrived type moment. Like, man, like, if this is what it's going to be like, like, I, I want to, you know, feel this every, I want to be in this moment all the time. I don't want this shit to be one time moment. I want this to happen to me more and more so uh, often. And so it just, it literally just took me from, being a kid again, like I was like, I felt like I was a kid again, just out there in the backyard hooping, like counting down five, four, three, two, one, you know, Kobe, Jordan, whatever, and and, and shoot my shot. So 
that, that's, that's how I feel. Um, all right, you did. I mean, the the contract with Detroit was as like a legit three year big time deal. And I know you played in New Orleans. You got to go back and play uh, relatively kind of your hometown. That that had to be amazing. But to but to sign the deal you signed with Detroit, considering you know you weren't a top twenty recruit, and though you had a very good college career, you weren't drafted. You had to go through the G League. You chose to you know bet on yourself and stay here instead of going overseas. Um, take me through that moment of signing the big deal with Detroit. Yeah, I, uh, my agent, I, I will give him a credit, a lot of credit. Michael Siegel, he, he did a lot of work for me to get that deal, and so uh, going, it, it really led led up into me getting traded to Sacramento. I actually had one more one more year on my contract. It was a two year it was a two year deal I had in New Orleans. But it was the second year with a play option. And so leading up until the end of the Sacramento season, um, we've been going back and forth with the management group over in Sacramento and saying the direction they were heading. And then, lo and behold, Detroit ended up coming in the last minute and saying, hey, look, we want, we want you uh, to come and play for us. And that's what, that was the Stan Van Gundy era. And I was like, man, like, you know, if a team wants me, that's that's a great sign. Like that, I mean, I'm, I'm um, they gonna they gonna let me really rock out and let me let me play. Because at, at that point in my career, it, it was a lot of ups and downs. Like after getting traded, like my, you know, my mental everything was kind of just all screwed up. Um, but then having that moment of like, hey, look, somebody wants you. Like Detroit really wants you for three years. Like. It really changed my whole mindset on in the scope, but I mean the business side. Yes, I understood that. That made me understand getting traded um, and and treating the game as a business as well as as, as a kid's game as well. Like it, it really opened my eyes to a lot of different things. But also too, it really it helped me because I knew that, like I said, it gave me a lot of confidence to go into my my first year in Detroit. Like, hey, look. I think I can make some noise with, with, with signing this contract now. And, and I've changed a lot of, like, the stereotypes for, for myself because if I go out here and, and, and make the most out of this contract, I can sign something even bigger than that and, and really put, put my name and, and put my, you know, my family on my back. Toughest, toughest dude to cover in the NBA is who? For you? I, I, I probably would say toughest has been Kyrie um I, I enjoy playing against Kyrie um but yeah I, I'm always like it's, it's always gonna be a battle I'm always you know going back and forth with him scoring a bucket talking like it's just it's a it's a lot of like whispering and, and, and um he's real shifty real shifty so I, I, I love competing against uh him um and and, and going and going after so it's, it's, it's always a good matchup He's a bad boy, right? Like he can just—I mean, the 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 finishing shots are unreal. The handle is unreal. The creativity is 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 ridiculous as as well. Um, best teammate you've had in the NBA? You know that that's so hard to say. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say that there's there's been a lot of great teammates along the way. Um, so I, I don't want to specifically name one because I know there's been so many, and I don't want to miss anybody. So, so I've I've had a lot of great ones, a lot of great ones over my career. What uh, what's it like to be on the same court as LeBron? 
it just like any other any other player. Like uh, he he does. I mean, I will say this: he, he does. He sees things before other guys see 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 them. So I, I will say his his uh, his IQ, his passing ability, his his eye for the game is at a whole other le- level than everybody else's. So um, yeah, now nah, I, I I give him a lot of credit because you know he he studies a lot and. and it just it just comes with the game. Like he's been in that, that that spotlight for so long that he just knows how to play. He knows how to entertain. He knows how to entertain for sure. You mentioned you mentioned playing a video game, two K, the first time you got the call for the ten day. I mean, have you thought you have your own shoe, your own Q four shoe, right? You have a long you have a guaranteed contract. You played seven years in the NBA. Now you're on two K, right? Now you can play yourself. Right? Yep. Have you have you had a do you, do you ever have a chance to to have that perspective of wow I've really really made it like even if you never make an all star team you've accomplished more than ninety nine point nine 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 percent of basketball players ever even dream of accomplishing. I, I never had that chance to just sit back and just and just just be in awe because I'm still in the moment. Um, I will say I, I've I've had a chance to just play against other people. As my creative player on 2K, yeah, I mean that's just great because everybody's like, "Man, you can play as yourself. Who are you gonna play with?" I'm like, "I'm playing with myself." Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's no home ball, <laughs> man. That's just like saying, like, that's 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 a dream, like to play as your own creative player on the game, and then to really be in the game and play against yourself. Like, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, I I, I will say that like it is a dream come true to play a video game as myself. Um, but yeah, now I'm, I'm so like locked into the moment that I yeah. think I won't appreciate it until later on once my career is all said done and, and I'm able to like look back at it with my son or something like that when he gets old enough to understand what's going on. If you could, if you could tell a, a high school kid, Hey, here, here's how you might not make it, but here's how you give yourself the best chance of making it. What would your advice be? My advice to myself right now and to this day it's, it's been sacrifice how can how can you sacrifice time with your family time uh hanging out with your friends and time uh sleeping and everything like that how can you sacrifice all that to to make it to where you want to make it to and i've had to do that along this way along this journey and so i'll, I'll say it to any high school kid now it's like if if you really want this to be uh, something you want to do in the future, like you want basketball to be your your job, you have to sacrifice a lot to get to this point, and um, and it's never going. It's not going to be given to you. That's for sure. Unless like just you know you just you have a God given ability and it's just you. I mean you're close to LeBron or something like that. But still, you still have to work every single day and sacrifice so much to get to that point. And and like everybody says, like it's, it's only a, a small, slim chance that you make it. But it's like that's gonna give you the best shot. Just sacrificing and and putting in a lot of hard work, putting in a lot of hard work. Langston, man, listen, it's been awesome to see you grow as a as a player, and uh, great to catch up with you. Love to have you on the radio show in very very near future. In the meantime, enjoy that time with your son watching guys hoop, and can't wait to see you back on the NBA floor next season. Thanks for being our guest on All Ball. Thank you so much.
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. All right, let me give you a couple of quick thoughts on the Lakers as they will get back to playing. And as we told you, Portland wasn't a tough matchup for them. And now Damian Lillard's gone home, so eventually they'll play this game five and the series will, in fact, be over. They're going to win based upon their defense. And if they just get enough scoring from guys, you know, not name LeBron and not name Anthony Davis, and really Anthony Davis, if he can, um, if he can show the ability to score in the fourth quarter, that that that's huge. But the 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 plan for this team, right? The blueprint for this team was seventy five points between Kuzma, LeBron, AD, and Kuzma sometimes has and sometimes has not provided his end of the bargain. And then the rest of the team just pick it up, play defense, and hit enough shots to keep everybody, uh, to keep everybody, you know, out of the lane for LeBron and for Anthony Davis. That's how they play. Like they maul you defensively. They're the best defensive team in the West, and uh, that's kind of their path to a championship. So I think they played to their blueprint quite quite well. Whereas the Clippers are still trying to figure out exactly who they are and what they are. Do they have pieces that tell you they should be a great defensive team? Yes. Are they a great defensive team at times? And I think Paul George making shots makes Paul George play better defensively, makes the whole thing work. And that's why they scored 159 points the last time out. The Clippers have more top to bottom talent. They have more weapons to score, but it's sometimes it's just about knowing who you are. And the Clippers don't seem to know that just yet. All right. I'm uh, Langston Galloway was great. Uh, obviously this is an interesting time in the NBA. I'm happy they're coming back and playing. It sucks, frankly, as an American that this is, you know, how I think we're viewed in the world that we just have, we just cannot seem to figure out our issues. And I would like, I would like NBA players. Like, look, you definitely have power and influence to have reasonable goals and expectations, demand them of our leadership and stick to those demands. Like, look, we're not going to defend the police um, and you can't speed at times. You can't speed up investigations or mistakes are made. And the legal system is kind of what it is. And you but you're ever, you have every right to demand justice for all citizens, not just black ones that are unarmed and shot in the back. I mean, for anybody. Uh, but I, I, I think that the next step and the way in which you gotten everybody's attention. Is is good is. Peaceful protest. Not going to play today. Now we get back to work, but we want to demand change. Here's some smart things that we feel like can change and and helped shift us towards moving forward instead of remarking on actions that have taken place. All right, feel free to tweet at me at Gottlieb Show. You can be up on our Facebook page, the Doug Gottlieb Show Facebook page. Uh, some of you slide into my IGs and make comments anyway. We'll put this out on IG. In the meantime, appreciate you downloading, subscribing, and listening I got a bunch of thoughts for you on college basketball in the bubble. I got great guests coming up for you. Keep listening to All Ball. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.